This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chester County Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and today I'm sitting down with Bobby Holmes, Associate Broker here at Remax Ace Realty. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about what the 2023, what year is it? Yeah, the 2023 market might look like from a buyer's perspective and how that might inform uh, those who are looking to sell. We've spoken a lot about listings and sellers. So so we're going to try to wrap around a little bit to from a buyer's perspective and what it what it looks like from a buyer's agent. Uh, Bobby, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> Always have fun when I do this. Thank you. Tell, tell me a little bit about yourself as far as what you do as far as buyers go. Because I feel like everyone knows Bobby Holmes, the listing <laughs> agent. Yeah. The man behind the man, right? So, um, but you, but you're, you're just as busy with buyers, correct? Sure. I, I think it's uh, truly important to have maintain relationships with buyers and sellers and have a balance. You need the perspective of really what you know. If I'm listing a home, you need the perspective of what are buyers looking for. Um, it's important to keep up with trends. Mm-hmm. It's important to understand your demographic market in different price ranges of what those people are looking for. That's the only way I can bring the best information into homes of sellers. And they Because one of their big questions is, well, what should I do to my home before yeah. I list it? And so, you know, if, I mean, I'm always going to tell you the same thing. It's <laughs> mulch, plant, <laughs> clean, paint, yeah. paint right? So the, that easy stuff. But really, what are the features of the home that fit into today's buyer that's shifted a lot after covid and people need you know work from home space or a home gym type of scenario so even if you can pre-stage a home to look like that Mm -hmm. um do you feel like in the past it was easy to be a listing agent look at whatever look at what's selling and consult your and advise your sellers based off of that whereas Thing it seems like things have shifted a little bit, and if you're not actually talking to buyers, showing them houses, that the advice that you give to that seller could be lacking. Absolutely, I mean, you should you know understand the full perspective of you know what what right. pe- what people want, and you know how to make it look attractive to them. So, um, I, I do work, I work with folks, you know, all ages, all walks of life. And there's different, you know, cultural perspectives. There's different, um, you know, socioeconomic perspectives of, you know, what a home should look like. And um, <laughs> one of the things I usually hear uh, when I walk in a listing appointments is, you know, oh, well, I'm so sorry about the mess. And then I usually, you know, I look over at the mess and that mess really is like, on a scale of the most tidy home I've ever seen to, you know, an absolute train wreck. Yeah. And I always say, listen, nobody's going to see it, but me right now, this is, you know, this is what I do. My job is to help you make this home shine in its best light. Right. At the time of listing. So most folks are going to have things to do. You know, I want the photos to look great. So mm-hmm. here's what you can do to make the photos look great. See everything on that counter. Yeah. Yeah. That has to go. Mm-hmm. So we'll take the photo and then go ahead, put it back on the counter. I think the photos are more important than 
even sometimes when the people see the house because they're coming to the house having mm-hmm. fallen in love with the photos and they bring their checkbooks with them. Mm-hmm. So there's a different plan, different strategy I'm giving people for get ready for photo shoot day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you partner with a good photographer, they're going to also have, you know, tips and things that they like, or, you know, I want the table set this way, or I want the window blinds up, um, cars out of the driveway, you know, those, those types of things. But then there's another strategy for showing day. So don't be so overwhelmed by, I have to do all these things to my house. Well, listen, let's get the photos done. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, you know, scrub the toilets and clean the the shower just yet. Let's just tidy everything up. Let's vacuum. Let's make all the beds, shoot the photo. Now maybe you have 21 more days during the coming soon period to really get your house spick and span because then people will be doing the white finger tests. Right. We've talked about sellers previously. What what do you experience as far as buyers? What are you seeing? Like what's the market look like for a buyer? Buyers are looking right now. I think it's going to be very, very active spring. Um, they're having difficulty finding things, and traditionally that's a seasonable thing here. Okay, so f- it starts getting cold. Gosh, it's rained how many days in the last two months here? So any projects you wanted to get done to your house. Every morning doing- just seems like a dreary, rainy, muddy mess. Yeah. Like I don't even remember like a morning that was like, oh, this is a good day to – Go get some stuff done. Yeah, I mean, we had some warm weather, but you know, things are soggy. Yeah, um, you roll right into the holidays that used to be, you know, a December to to you know Christmas type of mm. event. Now it's like two, three months long. You're celebrating Christmas, and you know, so things just get very busy around that yeah. time of year. After the New Year, right where we're at, things start settling down. Um, you know, folks are looking and swiping on their phones and, you know, checking their listings. And mm-hmm. but but the buyers always beat the sellers to the market. I think mm-hmm. this honestly, it's a t- it's a tough time to buy a house right now. I, I don't know if I'd want to be buying unless you're buying it right now, mm-hmm. because come March, April, May, I mean, it's a feeding frenzy. So, right. That's when you're going to start seeing those listings coming out because people got to plan a couple flowers you know put some perennials out throw a couple bags of mulch in the front you know spruce your house up get it ready open all the windows do the spring cleaning that's when their house is going to show the best um for me personally i have um i've had some really nice trees behind our house i wanted those Mm. trees to start to grow in a little bit which created privacy and i thought additional value to my house right um i do work with a lot of folks that want a private backyard but you know, come winter and those leaves are down. I mean, I'm practically looking at, you know, somebody's steak dinner in the house behind me. Yeah. Um, so there, if something's getting listed now, I mean, there's, there's activity on it, mm-hmm. but the problem I'm seeing is that folks aren't pricing it accurately. They are pricing it still for what homes sold for. Well, <laughs> Sorry about that. He's beating up my equipment there. <laughs> <laughs> they're still they're still pricing it what homes are selling for in you know July, August, at the end of the summer, at the end of the boom, and um, now buyers feel like they have some negotiating power, yeah, and they want to, which they do, and they want to they want to find a good deal, and there's not a ton of deals out there, and if there is one, 
it's getting sold in four, five, six, seven days. Mm-hmm. It's going under contract. I'm seeing it. Um, so which leads me, which leads me to believe it's going to be a very competitive spring market like it was last year. I don't think things are selling a hundred k over price like they right. were, but properties that are priced well and show well and it's a cream puff, they're going to sell in the first weekend. Um, well, and, and maybe get multiple offers. The other- so obviously, rates affect the market. What do you think a high rate is? A high rate, um, like literally, what 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 rates are we seeing right now, well, and where we were, do things need to get to, in order to start, like like what do you think is going to happen? Like where do things need to get to to start seeing things happen in the market? I mean, look, this is looking into a huge crystal ball, right? Mm-hmm. So, who's to say what a good rate is? Okay, um, I, but- I guess <laughs> if I can clarify, what do you think a rate there? Like, what's a number that you think the market would react to? I think, I think, like going out and being able to like a standard home buyer not having you know let's just say a good credit score mm-hmm. they want to purchase their first home um going out and getting a four to a four and a half is going to be something that they can work with when you step into the fives and sixes and seven percent rates that we saw like yeah you know there's there's hesitation because affordability just goes out the window because right. of that huge increase in, in values like let's say you know 20 to 30 percent in places and maybe even more mm-hmm. most folks that were preparing to buy a house they've been preparing maybe for you know even a couple years in the sense that like they've been looking at things but not really been in the right position or the time of life or you know as they when I decided I'm going to buy a house, I had wanted to buy a house for two to three years Mm -hmm. and just all the pieces didn't align for me yet. So when I was looking at houses, let's say I'm looking at houses that are 400,000, right? By the time it comes around, you know, and and I'm looking and there's not a lot of inventory. Maybe I find one I like, I'd love to see it, you know, and then I take that first step. By the time, you know, that second year rolled around, like that house is five fifty six hundred thousand now, so right. I can't, I can't really afford it. And then, as, you know, as the rates have climbed too, now it's way out of my my zone because people are thinking of affordability in terms of monthly payment. Okay, so thing I want to add is that people see how much a house is selling over asking, but you know, when I was looking at the data from like the last couple months of the monthly of the housing of the housing market, the reports, um, I started seeing that gap close. And you're if you're just looking at how much things are going over asking, it, uh, it doesn't seem like it's it, it, that that number is getting smaller. That also means that people are pricing more accordingly too. Mm. So I think when people were asked, you know, getting 100 100k over asking, part of it was, well, maybe that house was 50k under what they should have been asking for. And I've seen that that over too. So, and and I, I know from like a professional mindset, obviously, you know, we're looking at different things for different reasons, but I think a lot of homeowners were seeing that like, oh my gosh, the houses were going for so much over asking, the market's crazy. And then they would see like, oh, it's it's not going, you know, they were they're making judgments on that. It's like, well, don't forget mm-hmm. how things were priced were, are, will also affect that too. So I, I just tend to throw that out there. Well, we saw, you know, a great amount of reductions in price following those interest rate hikes. Uh, there's still folks that are chasing that market backwards, reducing the price of their home. So 
Um, I'm finding a lot of folks are, they follow the property now down. And that's not where you want to be because- You um, mean they follow the market? Like they're chasing the market? Yes, in a sense, but a particular property or two. Um, They're even less inclined to- you know, I'm, I might get a couple low, ball, we call them low ball offers, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's probably an offer that's clo- more accurate to market value, mm-hmm. um, but they're not um, they're not taking a swing because they're anticipating. Oh well, it'll take a price reduction, and then we'll go see it. So it's right. hurting traffic on new listings when you know our sellers are are just pricing it way too high. So mm-hmm. that's just something I've been dealing with, and now. You know, it looks like a negative reflection on the agent many times. Um, in my defense, some of these folks I listed their home. I sat with them last February. We talked about listing their property, and I gave them a price. You know, and month after month, oh, we're we're doing a few. Th- oh, we have a busy time. Yeah. You know, with work or you know we're we're anticipating family coming in we'll get that project done the next month and month after month the market greatly shifted so come time to list it well now they're way too high because i told you that price right for that day and time and world that we were living in so um you know i i can advise you that this is not a good strategy you want to price accurately, if not slightly underpriced, and you'll get your yeah. multiple offers and allow people to bid to their very best, put their best foot forward on it because there's a sense of competition. Right. People are competitive in nature. They want to buy a commodity or an asset that is highly valued in others' eyes. So um, folks that are that are priced too high, they're, they're struggling right now. Um, do yeah. we see that change? I don't know. Um, it just I think last year people were almost starting get, to get greedy, and in many cases it was paying off for them. So, you know, it's monkey see, monkey do out there. Because those I can imagine the sellers like that are attracting the worst buyers, the buyers who are like, I'm going to throw something out there. We'll see what they say, and then we'll renegotiate it a couple times, and then you, you know, like well, you, you it's like this. you're asking for the buyer like like that same like that. The energy you're putting out there and selling, you're going to get back in the buying. True. And that buyer is going to be sitting there like, like, well, you know, maybe I can nickel and dime them right here while you're sitting there saying, well, I can nickel, you know. like. Well, and you, you've you bought a home, Sean, so, and you show homes. Let me ask you, when your client walks into a house, yeah, what's one of the first questions they ask you? How many days has this been on the market? Right. Three. Three. Oh, right. So the price is the price, right? So I'm thinking, and especially if there's, you know, somebody parked in the car in front of the house waiting for your showing to finish, you feel like there's right. less room to negotiate. Or you or or you probably should. I've had people say like, hey, do you think they'll take X number, you oh, know, right. take this so, number? I'm yeah, like, there's, the price it's is the been pri- on the market for 24 hours. <laughs> the price hours. is the price the first week. We'll have this conversation. If com- not yeah. more, it's not under. Let's okay. talk next week and we'll have this conversation yeah. <laughs> again. And when I saw a house 45 days, that's when the sharks start swarming, right? Yes. So, but now it's like 20 days. That's what we were just saying. It, yeah. you know, they, they call me saying, I see this house is on the market 20 days. Like, what's wrong with it? 20 days, come on. <laughs> you know? And the guy was all upset. I sold you know, a million-dollar property in uh, you know, 40-some days. I said, come on, buddy. That's, that's normal. Right. So 
we need to understand the absorption rates. We need to understand that there's a sliding scale. This is how fast your price will, your home will sell in XYZ price ranges. And now it's great. The um, HomeSnap app we've partnered with, with our MLS, um, they, they give you that tool on there. So I use that often. I show and say, look, the, don't take my word for it. Take artificial intelligence's word for it. And I, you know, I show them the scale. Here's what mm. the house. So if they don't really have that motivation to sell, they're going to take their own word and say, I want to see if I can get it. Right. So um, for those folks, I think they sometimes, a lot of times it works out for them. But more often than not, they're, they're not going to get as much. I think. Okay. So how important do you think it is for an agent to be working with both buyers and sellers? Is it is that important? Is it better to have an agent that specializes in one or the other, or does one inform the other, one hand wash the other? Hmm. Good question. I think there's a lot of variables to that as well. Um, how experienced is that agent on mm-hmm. both, you know, buy and sell sides? Because um, some, you know, there's there's team structures that have listing specialist or buyer's agent. Well, typically whether that person wants that position or not, they become very, very good at what their job title is. Okay. So, you know, these team leaders are hiring, you know, positionally, just like McDonald's would, they hire somebody to do fries Mm -hmm. and that fry guy becomes the best fry guy in the whole building. He can cook fries like nobody else can. There's many cases where if he works really hard or he or she works really hard, does a great job, he or she might move up to grill. Okay, mm-hmm. now there's a, another posi- a secondary position where you take on more responsibility. Um, but they learn that one role very well. So, as the you know standard agent out there in the trenches, you're asked to sell all kinds of different properties. Really, not many of which you specialize in. I'd always recommend people to stay in their lane. That's when you can typically get yourself in trouble or lead your clients down a path that you know they're they don't want to be um but you do need to be a bit of a jack of all trades so while i do find that it's important to maintain a balance because in a you know in last year's market having some a seller was gold it was put the sign in the yard and Mm -hmm. take some beautiful photos and do your marketing and it's sold and now and with the buyers it was a lot more time you know, intensive. And yeah. You're driving and gas prices were skyrocketing and mm-hmm. all those things need to be considered. Um, so now it's shifted. I think this is going to be a bit of a good time for to carry a lot of buyers. Well, there's a lot of agents who just didn't take buyers. Yeah. They, they just were like, well, I'm just going to do selling this or listing. This is this is easy. I feel like you lose a little bit of a perspective because Absolutely. you you it's so important to know what the conversation is being had on the other side of the table. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I prefer to work with buyers. Mm. Okay. So, um, recently I've, you know, become more of a listing guy. Um, I do, I do typically try to carry some listing inventory and I think I do, you know, top notch job of it. Yeah. A lot but of people the agree. Actually. Buying side is the rewarding side. That's why I got into this business was to help give the keys to somebody and help them actualize their dreams of buying a home. Right. 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 So we we 
we are selling the American dream. So yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Like a couple years later, ten years later, you're you're talking to someone, and you know you're at their house, and you're you're like, oh man, remember remember how crazy that was when yeah. we first moved in? Like yeah, like you're building that dream. Whereas selling's cool, but it's like, hey, how are you enjoying Florida? And what did you do with the money you right. made? <laughs> Those folks are going somewhere else. Okay, yeah. a lot of a lot of folks are relocating, yeah. they're downsizing, they're moving into a different sphere than you are in when they sell their home so it's a you know it's a now the best listing agents have are able to maintain these relationships but many times can be you know a transactional type relationship right Um, I go in on a blind interview I've never met them you know and maybe I get them from a lead source or I found that lead myself or they were referred to call me or they saw the sign the sold sign, not the sale sign sitting there forever and ever. And we just started to form a relationship. Now, I'm a salesperson. Uh, you know, uh, it's so they don't like me. They don't know me. They don't trust me is probably their fir- first perception. If I sell their home very fast and get them the best price, well, they love me for this short amount of time. But I really haven't had the time to build and grow this relationship. And by the time it's all said and done and we're no longer working in a business capacity, it's bon voyage. They're sailing into the sunset. Whereas the buyers, I'm showing them homes. They're going through, you know, an emotional process of buying something with their hearts and heads. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually more time intensive. And then I'm easily able to maintain that relationship because I'm seeing pictures of their bathroom remodel on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and you know, I'm able to follow the progress of, you know, them. I can watch them grow and yeah, it's more, still have attached memories myself. It's more rewarding, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's what we, what we do this for. So you can lose that perspective when you're focusing heavily on listing. And then it becomes about, well, these folks aren't looking for, they're saying they're looking to cut you know, cut ties with their relationships here, they are looking to move somewhere else and start new relationships. So it becomes transactional and it becomes about how fast did you sell my home? How was your communication, right? And how much did you get me for my property? So it becomes very data-driven. But I like to carry that balance because you want to have that, you want to have that perspective for your client's best interest, you want to walk in and be able to walk them through their home like a buyer will. And you only know that if you're walking buyers through homes and properties, um, you're going to say, well, you know, I'll tell you, I love this room, but my wife's going to hate that. You know, she's not going to pay this price if that's not fixed. Right. So those little, you know, antidotes to be able to give people, it's, I mean, that's, 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 there's your value. Right. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, that's a huge help. Uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, homesweethomes.com, Bobby Holmes, the Home Sweet Homes team. Uh, you can catch me on the web or call me at Remax Ace Realty. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. 
serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found. 